Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Robert, we're, uh, we're kind of tailing to the end here of our pilgrimage in, in Lourdes, another beautiful, successful, spiritually enriching pilgrimage we've had here. It is. It's a wonderful experience. But have you noticed how much we walk, Deacon Jeff? When a we're lot of walking. Yeah, it's a whole yeah, lot Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a nonstop. You know, it's interesting. Um, we eat all this rich food, you know, these, these great uh, eclairs and the croissant and the, uh, every, every dish has uh, multiple courses and all these you pastas, better do a lot of walking the sauces and the, and the various uh, uh, gravies on everything. You know, it's really, really, uh, really good. And uh, so we have to do a lot of walking kind of balance that out don't we yes and I'm, speaking of a lot of walking we've got a guest that's done quite a lot of walking that's we? exactly right and, and interestingly uh frank ryan uh welcome to the luxurious corner booth at the catholic cafe deacon jeff and robert thank you so much for letting me be here now i don't know if you realize this but you have the distinct pleasure of having been our first guest at the, uh, the catholic cafe the french catholic cafe you know f- uh, five years ago we started this pilgrimage every year for five years and uh you were the first the guy first we volunteer to. i mean you know because we were per- very first doing this to get get someone in france to come upon the catholic cafe and thank you for that i remember that well i really enjoyed it yeah it we remember day. it too and uh, unfortunately we're gonna try to do better this time <laughs> oh is that what it is no no <laughs> you did it so, people should look you want another guest no 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 no, no. <laughs> you were you were you were in the right seat at, at the right time um, and I'll tell you um, that w- something that I heard that you had done, just maybe say, we need to talk about this on the air. You know, we talking about Robert mentions walking. Um, you did a lot of walking recently. We did. we did. We just finished walking across the United States uh, in August 9th of 2014. Yeah, walking across the United States. Now, you, I, you do know they have transportation now, right? <laughs> We've got cars and planes and all w- these different things. I was stunned when I was walking. I saw this thing. I think they call it a train. Yeah, and they can go pretty fast. And I exactly. thought, what, what am I doing? I'm making a terrible mistake. However, you had a reason for walking this time. I did. You? It was a great reason too. It was a phenomenal reason. Well, tell, first of all, tell me how far did you walk? We walked 2,806 miles in 148 days, uh, total elapsed time. That is amazing. And you went from from where to where? Oh, I started in San Diego, California, and right. I started. Uh, in, on March 15th, 2014, right. walked all the way across the United States, crossed over in St. Louis. So I started in the southern route, crossed over uh, to the northern route, and ended up in Ocean City, Maryland. Now, most people um, most people don't just start walking, you know, and just kind of see how far they can go. I'm always amazed when I can get, you know, all the way down to the corner without losing my breath. But, but, but you know, that long of a distance... Uh, you you obviously had a plan in mind. You were going somewhere. You weren't just uh, you didn't go out for like groceries that night and get lost, right? <laughs> well, my wife said I did. In fact, uh, <laughs> when she found out about it, I inadvertently uh, told a friend of mine I was thinking about doing. It. He broadcasted at a uh, a social function. At my wife goes, "Oh, really? You're walking across the United States. You might want to leave now." <laughs> well, I'll, do, I'll tell you, uh, it's just phenomenal, and I was just floored by that. Um, but I will tell you also that uh, I was in, I was intrigued because you you said you had a reason for doing it, and you called this walk something. What was we, it? We called it the Walk of Atonement and Gratitude, and, and the reason that the walk came up, it was interesting, Deacon Jeff, is that we we found that 
I found in my life that whenever I've sinned, people get hurt. Uh, there's a destructive side of sin. And so mm. I said I wanted to call it a walk of atonement. And what the walk of atonement portion of it was was that if I've ever hurt someone or sinned against them, I asked that they would forgive me. And any person that I've disappointed, that they would pray for me. And any person I've helped, I would ask that they would help another. So this would be the reason why he had to walk 2,800 miles. That's, right. that's well, a lot of hurt. <laughs> well, is that a penance you were giving him a prank? I mean, <laughs> what you do? I'm not going to go to that. I'm not going to that priest. <laughs> Actually, I have to tell you, that we were, when our parish priest made an announcement on Sunday, one of the people stood up and said, well, I'm not going to him for confession. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the atonement part of it. But then also gratitude. I think it's beautiful that you would tie atonement and gratitude together. Well, it was really interesting. Uh, when I was young, my dad died when I was three years old, and uh, my sister was six months old. My mom had a family of five. Uh, we were in and out of various stages of financial difficulties right. most of my life. I can imagine. And, and I'm a CPA, and so I understand that. And I specialize as a CPA in keeping companies out of bankruptcy. And my early childhood had a big impact on what I ended up doing in life because we were in various stages of foreclosure. Isn't it amazing how God prepares us? He does. In, in For fact, what we're doing. Isn't that amazing? And I, in fact, that was one of the things I learned during the walk. But what happened was I used to tell people I came from a very poor family. But we work at Good Shepherd Services, and that was the, the reason for the Now, walk. where is Good Shepherd? Good Shepherd, one that I'm associated with is in Baltimore, but it's a okay. worldwide group. It's called the Sisters of the Good Shepherd, and we specialize in dealing with children with emotional and behavioral problems. Okay. Many of whom may have been involved or victims of child trafficking and child slavery. A terrible, terrible scourge on the earth right now, isn't it? It's the saddest thing that you can ever possibly imagine. Yeah. And, and so, the innocence of those children lost and wounded. Uh, it's terrible. And the insensitivity of the legal system to it mm. in the process. So, uh, And that's actually what triggered the gratitude portion of it, because the one thing I tell everybody is, uh, as I saw coming from a very poor family, I now tell people I come from the wealthiest family in the United States. We just didn't have any money, because I knew without right. a doubt that my mom loved us. And listen, i got nine kids, and the number of times that, that, we, that we've said to our kids, I know we can't afford this, but, but we're rich in love. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Have you guys ever heard that, that, that basically wealth is, you can tell, tell how you have wealth by that which you would pay nothing to get rid of? So if you think of that like your children, I mean, what would you pay to get rid of, one, you know, I mean, sell one of your children for you? Obviously wouldn't. So, I mean, all, those, all the things we have that are priceless really shows, and those relationships really make up who we are and what true wealth is. Isn't that amazing? And that's and sometimes you don't always understand that. And I didn't always understand that. And so one of the things that this did was it gave me an opportunity to recognize how important this was for us to be grateful, me particularly to be grateful and to always recognize that I'm not in control. As you mentioned, you comment right. about how Christ has prepared us for future life. I saw that in so many things. All these wonderful plans I used to think I was making turned out not to be so. Frank, I ask you, you said we were walking. Who was walking with you? Uh, uh, actually, that's, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a really important issue. I went by myself, I thought, uh, but the Blessed Mother was with me the entire mm. journey. So on the third day, I changed from I am walking 20 miles today to we are walking together. And so I was accompanied by the Blessed Mother the entire journey. And I mean that. And if someone hears that for the first time, they'll go, what did he just say? Uh, there were more occasions where I recognized things that disappointed me that I, did, I wasn't able to get done that day. Uh, Christ had a reason for me not to get it done that day. 
and I didn't know what it was. And I finally, by the end of the, well, I won't even say the end, but about 30 days into it, I realized okay. there's a bigger reason for this. I actually got to a point with the Blessed Mother uh, that I, I started calling her mom. And I and I, I said to my parish priest, I said, I hope that's not being disrespectful. Oh no 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 no! And I, said, I hope he didn't say it, that it was because no, it's not. No, you have to he, walk he, another twenty eight hundred miles. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus gave her to us. Yeah. I, you know, at the cross, you know, he's he's like you know, you know, told John, behold your your mother. And anybody who doesn't understand that, I would tell you, you should go for a long walk, not necessarily twenty eight hundred miles. <laughs> so you, but you, and, and maybe not off of a short pier, right? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's, right. That's right. But but I have to do the relationship that I, I felt with the Blessed Mother after this walk was unbelievable. Because and anyone who doesn't have that relationship, I I'll pray for him because. What a special relationship to know that you've got two moms who love you. Well, I would imagine, too, also on this, on this journey that you were taking, that you had a lot of time to yourself. I did. Well, and I know you say we. And so that was, that's, it, we know that sometimes we get in the biggest trouble when we're by ourselves, right, when we, when we do things uh, sinfully or whatever. It's usually when we're by ourselves and we're left to our own devices. And yet what you did was you took the Blessed Mother on this journey with you. Uh, just to, and, and we all know that she leads us to Jesus. So, and she's sort of leading you along. And you're getting closer and closer, I imagine, to Christ in this process. You probably had more time for prayer. And so you two used this, this sort of alone time really as a time to, to bond and, and that you could transition into from I to we. Uh, absolutely. And what I did is every single day I wrote out a prayer list of people. And sometimes it would be 25, 50, 75, 100 people people and we would say the rosary and then what we would do is, is we would say special prayers for each one with the particular petition and and so that would that would take up eight or nine hours a day and i found i really welcomed the prayer time isn't that amazing i, I didn't realize how much i missed it when i stopped stopped walking i didn't stop praying right. but i stopped walking because you didn't have that 10 hours a day so i walked about 10 to 12 hours a day and and it was just uh, amazing in terms of how great you feel when you're talking to the Blessed Mother and to our Savior every single day. You know, what's interesting is you actually had like sort of a, you sort of stepped in in this walk into the life of like a hermit or a cloistered uh, brother or, or, or nun, you know, where you would just, you know, they, what do they do up there? What are they doing in that? What are they? We don't know. It's like mysterious. And yet you realized that you weren't alone, that in your aloneness, that you were gathered together with a, with a very holy family. Uh, well, it's interesting, you know, because I've often heard that if you, you know, when you pass away and you go to the next life, you'll be spending time worshiping Christ. And I thought after a walk of 148 days, that's pretty neat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like this. Be a idea. nice rest too. It is. Yeah, I was, rest in peace. It, it is. Imagine that a peaceful environment with people who where there's complete love across the board. Now, Frank, practically, what was your life like? Did you sleep in a tent? Did you walk to a hotel room? Did you take a big backpack with food in it? Or did you eat in restaurants? Or how did you, I mean... It, it was kind of all of the above. Um, we started out, and to show you the value of planning, we had a very detailed plan. Well, you're, ex, you, you're a former military, right? I'm, I'm, retired, retired. I'm a retired Marine colonel. Yeah. And so I had to say... It was planned. It was <laughs> planned out to the nth degree, and the plan fell apart about 28 minutes after I started walking. <laughs> but, but because you started with a plan, military would tell you, as you start with a plan, it's easier to do that than to start in chaos, right? A- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but that would really show me the hand of the Blessed Mother, because at that point in time, she took over about 28 minutes. Into, she was actually in control before, but I needed to learn that lesson earlier. That's all right. Very good. And, and, and it took me a while to learn it. Um, but what happened was we had a very detailed plan. So uh, the goal was to walk to different hotels. 
Uh, but because I, did, I was hoping to do 32 miles a day, as I was carrying a 50-pound backpack and I was pushing an 80-pound cart, because in the western part of the United States, some of the towns are pretty far apart. Um, and the first uh, day I was supposed to do 32 miles, I got 27 miles done. But what had happened was uh, there were some people at the shore when I put mm-hmm. my foot in the water to start heading east um, who wanted to talk longer. So instead of, I started at 8, but I didn't actually leave the ocean until 10. So I was immediately 8 miles behind schedule. And, and it, it was in, that was an important lesson to learn because what I, I realized very quickly the goal is not to walk so much per day, but to recognize my mission was to talk to people. Ah, and that's what we want to talk about, talking to people, because we got, you got some interesting stories to tell. And we're going to do that in just a minute. We're going to take a quick break here. Before we do that, I want to remind folks at home we have a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And with that, we're going to be right back. I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Since the earliest days of the church, Mary, the mother of Jesus, has been a shining example of perfect Christianity and inspiration to believers throughout the world. After the course of her life here on earth was completed, Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven. For nearly two millennia now, she has demonstrated her intense motherly love for us all and her willingness to intercede to Christ on our behalf, offering comfort to those plagued by pain and sorrow. Take the case of a young African girl born in the Darfur region of southern Sudan in the early 1800s. We don't know her real name because she was bought and sold so many times that even she did not know her true identity. Her Muslim captors, who kidnapped her at age seven, named her Bakita. After many torturous years in slavery, marked by hard labor, unspeakable brutality, and even human branding, Bakita ended up in the hands of an Italian gentleman in the Sudan who took her back as a slave to Italy. She served as a house mother to a girl who was being taught by nuns. As she interacted with the sisters and followed along with the child's schoolwork, she felt drawn to the Catholic faith. She found hope in the teachings of the church, but as importantly, aid and comfort in the protective love of the Blessed Mother. Just a few years later, the Italian courts freed her. For the first time since age seven and after so many masters, the only master she would now serve was God. Bakita entered the Institute of St. Magdalene of Canosa, where she made her profession three years later. She took the name Josephine Bakita. She loved her faith, and she flourished as a religious sister. She once said, Be good, love the Lord, pray for those who do not know Him. What a great grace it is to know God. Josephine always had a beautiful smile on her face, but inwardly she struggled with the scars of her captivity. On her deathbed, after so many dark and painful years as a slave, she started to let the chains of her memories drag her down. She pleaded with Mary for assistance. As she neared death, a great peace came over her, and she called out her final words, Our Lady, Our Lady. Her ensuing smile gave testimony that Mary did not abandon her in her final hour and would indeed lead her to the loving arms of her Savior. 
I'm Bess Drzezemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I imagine about halfway through that journey, Frank, that you were you were, you would like to have been sitting in a luxurious corner booth at yeah. some point in time, and yet you were I, I walking. Did. I you absolutely walking. was. You know, I, I wonder just how was it was it physically exhausting? Was it difficult? Was it hard? Was it a hard walk? It, it absolutely was not, and I think that's really what surprised me more than anything else. Uh, the physical demands of it were almost insignificant. The issue I had a couple of feet issues. But the biggest issue I think that happened was the mental issues. When uh, I was walking right outside of San Diego, I was probably 40 miles outside of San Diego when I got pulled over by a California Highway Patrol person. And he said, sir, he said, you okay? And and everyone was incredibly cordial. In 148 days, I had only positive experiences. I had not not one negative comment. So anybody who's cynical ought to give me a call. Uh, (laughs) People were unbelievably magnanimous the whole trip. But this this police officer stopped me, and he said, sir, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm walking across the United States. And he he gave me a great big hug. He said, congratulations, you're almost done. I said, well, actually, I'm heading to the East Coast. (laughs) (laughs) And and he kind of hugged me again. He said, I'm so sorry. You got this car drove off. (laughs) (laughs) And he came back about 10 minutes later, and he had a bottle of water for me and stuff. Oh, that is so nice. But see, you, you touched that one guy that you were like a little angel to him at that moment i know you probably didn't think of it at that moment but how soon in this thing did you start to realize hey this is about meeting people and talking people well that was because as a marine and i'm I'm glad you brought that up deacon jeff because what happened was as a marine we have schedules i mean we get court-martialed if we don't show up at the appointed place so that's the way my mentality was geared and about 28 uh, minutes into it i realized i was behind schedule uh, I'm starting to panic. I'm not going to get done. That right. means I'm not going to get to the place in time. Where am I going to sleep? And all these things are going through my mind. And I realized about 28 minutes into it that there's a plan. And I started to have a whole series of events that happened that made me realize now I know why I was delayed. It's beautiful that at the very beginning you would see this, that God gave you the opportunity to see just the potential for what you're getting ready to do. Well, it's interesting. I actually tell people now that when you're doing the hustle and bustle of things of keeping a schedule... I feel sorry, and I did that for 63 years. I tell people I'm sorry about what I missed because when I slowed down and met people, there's some wonderful people in this That's nation. awesome. i got to tell you, though, hearing this, I think it'd be neat to do, and I'm thinking, hey, I could do that. Um, and, but, the, but the problem is I think I would be, like, scared to be so alone for so long. Man, that, to be that 140-something days you know, on, on a journey. I, I think with all that time with myself, I'm not sure if I could do that. And that might be a little, the mental aspect seems to me it'd be a little, uh, I don't know, a little intimidating. Well, it was interesting. I said to somebody one time, I said I was going to spend 148 days with myself and I was concerned what would happen if I found out I didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I hope that wasn't the case. Uh, well, my wife said it was many times. <laughs> I'm sure now then you had some awesome encounters along the way. And I guess I want to frame the rest of the time we have in our show here 
to um, this concept. You know, a lot of folks might think that, that things are just really bad. The church is in dire straits. It seems like there's a little distance in some of the members of the hierarchy of the church and sometimes our leadership. And we can all complain about Father so-and-so or Sister so-and-so and our church isn't doing well and our bishop's appeal is not doing You know, we think of all these negative possible things and the church isn't up to date and all these. And sometimes it's easy for us to start to think, well, you know, our Catholicism is really struggling and it doesn't look so, so good. And yet you have a very different perspective now, don't you? A- a- unbelievably different perspective. I was stunned at how vital the Catholic Church is and how rapidly it's growing and the faith of so many members across the board. I went to a St. John Newman church outside of Yuma, Arizona. And I was in the church. It was a Tuesday morning, and the church was packed. And, and I said to Father, I said, I said, Father, I'm embarrassed. Is today a holy day of obligation? I wasn't aware of it. And he kind of looked at me with this quizzical look in his face, and he said, this is like this every morning. Wow. And I said, really? And he said, uh, he said oh, Absolutely. He said, we're growing. I was in Kansas and seeing churches built everywhere I go. The, the members of the church uh, uh, were just very supportive all the way across the way in terms of help. Can I get you anything? Do you need anything? Tell us about what you're doing. Tell us about the kids at Good Shepherd. Tell us what we can do to help. And everyone was just unbelievably helpful in the process. The, the, and I, I have to emphasize, I probably met three to 4,000 people in 148 days. And every experience was positive. I had multiple occasions where people would stop and pray with me. Isn't that beautiful? It's wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. So you really felt like part of a, of a big church. I, I did. A big parish. I, I absolutely did. And I have to tell you my favorite story. I was outside of Buckland, Kansas, and I was about ready to quit. I, 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 was, I, I was on the plane. You knew you had, a, you had a long way to go, too. I, I did. And I had the a midpoint, sort of? It was at, it, it was at the 1,500-mile point. And, and I got to this point, and I'm going, I'm done. I'm wasted. And I, I'm, um, the book is almost finished. And when I was writing the book, I realized what had happened as I, I was reading my oh, notes. Oh, you're writing a book about all this? I am. The book will be released on September 1, 2015. And uh, it's called The Walk of Atonement and Gratitude. And, and what it is, is I found out that I hadn't eaten for almost 24 hours before, and I didn't realize that. Wow. And so I, I saw this Buckland uh, Hotel, or Buckland Cafe, which was uh, kind of like a gas station. And I, and I, I mentally decided I'm done. Uh, I'm, I'm wasted. Uh, I was going to have breakfast, call my family, tell them I'm going to get in an airplane and go home. So uh, I sat down at this cafe, and there was an 18-year-old uh, waitress that was there, 19 years old. And uh, she asked me what I was doing, and I told her, and... And so uh, she said, you look really exhausted. And I said, I, I really am. And, and I, positive attitude, but I said, really exhausted. And so she put her hand on my shoulder after breakfast, and she said, you need to have faith. And I said, I do. And she said, um, no, you don't. You need to get up. People have disappointed these children uh, most of their lives. You can't be one of them. Now get oh up gosh. and start walking. And she wrote me a really nice note on the back of the, the uh the check receipt and she said uh we're proud of you you're an inspiration and and go on so at at that point in time it was it was a wonderful trip i never had that thought one more time do you know that i mean i I, in scripture right there's so many times that the angels would come right and the angels would come the lord would send an angel and say you know get up and walk and go and go you know and on the strength of that uh, food, eat, eat, eat this bread, and on the strength of this bread, you'll walk 40 days and all these things. And, and, and that's so inspirational. And I, I just guarantee that that woman was an angel. Even if she didn't know it at the time, she was being used by God as an instrument to raise you up. She did. And she did. And I believe she was an angel. I think she was sent there. I have to tell you another, I learned a valuable lesson about sacrificial giving as well. Uh, my parish priest had made a comment one time. He said, 
you have to understand what a sacrificial offering was. And I thought I understood this. And I was walking, and there was a homeless person walking with me. And he said to me, he, after I told him why I was walking for these children, he said, you know, I haven't been a very good dad. He said, I don't even know if my daughter is. Isn't it amazing how people would open up to you, too, oh, also? They, everybody was unbelievably open. And, and he was, you know, I, I, I was really amazed at how wonderful uh, people were who were homeless and how much they would share with us along the way. Homeless people, one homeless person came up to me and said, you're obviously new to being homeless. He said, let me show you the ropes. I mean, I was really impressed by it. And I saw that. Wow, where, he uh, took you in, he into did. his world. He did. He took me in. Well, this guy I was walking with for about eight miles. So, it took so he home. walked with you? He did, for about, about eight miles. Uh, okay, and that's probably a couple hours. It did. It took two hours. And he was getting ready to walk off. And he turned to me and he said, can I ask you a favor? I said, sure. And he took out from his pockets everything he had, $10.46. And he handed it to me. And he said, would you give this to the kids? He said, I, I wasn't a good dad. And he gave me everything he had. That was what he was going to eat with. And I said, I can't take that. He said, I need you to take that. And I looked down at it, and I looked back up again. He was gone. Now, see, this is amazing. And these were some kids that like, you were also raising money for a homeless? This, yeah, children. what we're trying but to do is, is we're trying sisters to Sisters of the Good Shepherd sisters, and the Good Shepherd okay. right. children. We said that we need to take care of these children if no one else will. And we said that our responsibility is to take care of these kids. And, and it was just an unbelievably great gesture. Then there was a lot of humor that happened along the way. I got stopped by an Indiana patrol woman, and she was asking me how I was doing. And every, I probably, from the time I started counting, I got stopped 75 times. <laughs> but, and I, so I got, it was about a, if maybe eight or nine times I was stopped first, but I thought, boy, I'm getting stopped pretty often. And everybody was asking me, how are you feeling? I, 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 I said, you need to see an ID. And every police officer said, well, you're not doing anything wrong. I don't. It's, are you all right? And they were unbelievably wonderful uh, police officers across the way. So she and I were talking for about a half hour. She, we were laughing a little bit, and she was just very, very generous and nice. And I was wearing these compression pants because when you're older, they say it helps your circulation when you're standing and walking that right. length of time. Well, they're, they're like black leotards, if you could visualize this. Well, I'm 60. I'm trying not to, Frank. Well, you, you don't want to visualize this. And, and that's the point of this story. <laughs> you, you'll figure that one out real quick. So there are these black leotards, and she looks at me, and she gets back in the car, and then she just gets out of her car, and she comes up to me. She said, do you know what you look like? And I said, what's that? She said, you look like a wrinkled penguin. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, thank you very much. I, I needed that. I, I, I love you, too. <laughs> she, she held a mirror up. See, God wants us to be humble, too, uh, Frank. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, this, but you know what? All humor aside, this is such a, a neat story, and I'm so glad. If someone wants to find out more about the Good Shepherd, the Sisters of the Good Shepherd, and, the, and that, that cause. Is there a place they can go? They have a website? Absolutely. It's, it's goodshepherdcenter.org. Yeah, so goodshepherdcenter.org to find out more about the great work that's being done there. And, Frank, we really want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for sharing this story with us and, and, and really inspiring us, helping us to see that we have a beautiful church filled with beautiful people uh, and that the, the gates of hell will not prevail against it, right? The Lord promised that and that you are a living witness to that and a testimony. Thanks for doing the walk. Thanks for taking care of those kids. And thanks for sharing this with us and thank, being here. Thank you so much. And uh, I can tell you the Blessed Mother is with us at all times. Well, she's going to be with us again because we're going to call on her intercession. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table. <laughs>